Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, everyone. My name is Miles Bassett. I am the CEO of Wildman Solutions. Uh, we are a full-service digital agency based here in Lawrence, Kansas. We specialize in working with small and medium-sized businesses, helping them to leverage technology to grow and achieve their goals. Uh, we started doing this live stream about a year ago just to answer everyone's questions. We realized we were getting a bunch of the same questions over and over again, so we figured we'd uh, put ourselves out there in this open Q&A to answer everyone's questions about technology, marketing, advertising, business in general, whatever you want. So this is an open Q&A. Please don't treat this as a one-way street. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about what we're talking about, you just wanna jump in the conversation, please leave your comments below uh, as we're live streaming to our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and Twitch account. If you are catching this later, you're not watching this live, you can email your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll get to you next week uh, as we do this every week. Every Wednesday at 11, we stream live to our social media accounts to answer your questions. So throw those questions in the comments below. We will address them as they come up. <laughs> Immediately, Jeff is commenting here. Jeff, we haven't even started yet. Come on, give me a second. All right, but if you have any questions or comments or anything, follow his lead and uh, throw your comments in below on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch now. We are on Twitch, and I'm seeing we get a couple of viewers over there every week, so that's that's fun and exciting. All right, before we get going here, I did want to bring up a resource here. How do I do this? There we go. If you haven't checked it out yet, this is our website at wildmanweb.com. There's a ton of free resources for you there. We do do this to help out our community, but you know, it's the internet, so anyone anywhere can use this. Go ahead, check out our website. We've got a ton of stuff here, but here under resources, you will find, first of all, our blog. We put up articles here all the time. I just posted a couple yesterday just about domains, how to get there. Going over a story we actually told last week on this show about a cautionary tale and, and some, some shortfalls and uh, landmines to avoid when um, getting your domain for your website. So check out these two articles here for that. Um, also went over another thing we talked about last week on how to find a good web design agency or more specifically how to avoid the bad ones. So that's all here. Also under resources, we have our live stream archives. This is all of the previous streams of this show. So if we said something brilliant a couple of weeks back and you want to find it, you can hop back in here and we do upload the full transcript of every show as well. So you can probably find what's going on there. Coming soon, the podcast, as always, we have our toolkit available to you. You can sign up here for a free suite of tools to help you manage your business online. Anyway, that's all here on our website. All right, back to your questions. But first, I'm going to bring in my partner, Mike. You ready? Here we are. I was born ready, Miles. How in the <laughs> heck are you doing this morning? Good, sir. Nice to see you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a productive day so far. Only 11 o'clock and... Bunch of stuff done. So Bi looking forward to this stream here. You're busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, Miles. <laughs> exactly, but it's good. It's good problems to have. We're working with a lot of great people, uh, a lot of great people, a lot of great organizations and businesses. So 100%. Um, I'm happy to work with them. 
All right, so uh, like I just went over here, this is an open Q&A. So if you have any questions, please throw them in the comments below. We'll try to get to them as they come up here. Um, and if you are catching this later, please email your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com and visit our website for some other resources. So like I said, right off the bat, we've got a question with Jeff Fry jumping in here. Good morning, Let's Jeff. We have, hi, fellas. Anything to share on text message marketing? The new space looks great. Yeah. That's a good question. Actually, I think I think Jeff was not uh, with us a couple of weeks ago when we talked about those open rates. So hopefully, Jeff, mm -hmm. you saw that you saw the article that I, I put down in the uh, in the comments because it was actually in response to your question a week earlier about email open rates. And I went and I found the email open rate specifically for 2020 across all the industries. So I put that in there. But then we also discussed a little bit just the different uh, open rates across different platforms. So email, Facebook messaging, uh, I think there was maybe one other one I'm forgetting now, and text messaging. And the open rate currently for text messaging is 98%. So you're absolutely right that there is a huge opportunity there. Uh, and it's really a hot space, um, so to speak. So great question. Uh, you know, I think that there's a couple things to consider when we talk about text messaging. The first thing is to me, it's really more of a, a middle and even more uh, of a bottom of the funnel type of a tactic. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, it's not something that we're going to use for people who don't really know who we are or, or they, you know, they need um, a lot of consideration time, you know, in order to do business with us still, you know, that's still middle and top of the funnel stuff. And so that's going to be a different type of a, of a tactic. But once you get somebody to engage with you, once you get somebody to understand your brand, understand why they should be considering you to solve their problem or, or fulfill their need, then you can get them to opt in to something like a texting platform. And that can be extremely, extremely important for, uh, for end, end of the funnel conversions and also for retention, for keeping those, those customers buying even after the first sale. You know, and that's maybe even where it's the most effective. I've used the example many times, I think, before on the podcast, or excuse me, the podcast. Well, this is a podcast if you're listening to our podcast version of it. Um, but of on the show in general about uh, a company called winetext.com. It's a, uh, a, a spinoff from uh, Gary V's uh, father's company, Wine Library. And basically the whole thing is done on the text platform. Their website is literally a one-page landing page sales funnel that gets you to input your, uh, your, your name, your phone number, obviously, so they can text you, your address so they can ship to you, and your credit card so they can automatically uh, bill you when you buy something from them. And so that's all you do. You, you input those, uh, those four things and you're all set up. And then every single day, I actually got one just a little bit ago, but every single day about this time, they send you a text message. And their business model is we're going to give you uh, great wine, sometimes rare wines, wines that you can't find, you know, in your local liquor store and things like that at a discounted price. So today they, they had a, you know, $60, $60 bottle, uh, normally a Pinot Noir. They were selling for $29.99, right? So it's like, well, if you love Pinot Noir, who wouldn't want that kind of a deal, right? So, so it's all just easy, yes, conversion-based stuff. When they send me the text, if I, in the description of the, of the wine of the day, if I want that, I just send them back how many bottles I want, four, five, six, whatever, you know, up to two cases, I think is the limit. I haven't tested the limit yet. <laughs> and, uh, and it automatically charges my credit card and it shows up at my house about four to five days later. I actually just got, this is 
Do we have that ready I, I and waiting they, by the couch? No, no they literally, <laughs> they, FedEx literally just, just now, right before we went on the air. Let's see what we got here. They sent me a package from these guys. Yeah, this isn't supposed to be one and... of those unboxing <laughs> videos, but apparently we're we're going cross genre here. I'm going to show you how this whole thing. So they sent it to me. Oh, let me get my mic up here. They sent it to me in a uh, you know very nicely constructed box here. And here we have some lovely Chardonnay from the uh, Columbia Valley. That maybe we'll try that later on this evening. But uh, and so what that does for me as a consumer is it allows me to again. It's all about speed, right? It's all about access. It's all about uh, being able to just click a button and then it shows up at my house. And so it allows me to opt in really, really easily. Sometimes a little too easily, you know. <laughs> um, you know, I may, I may buy a, a, buy it from a few too many times. So convenience is what I'm getting at here, and the ability to just boop, cut out all the BS and give me exactly what I want. I hit a button and then it shows up. That is going to win nine times out of 10 with consumers, right? Speed always wins. Convenience always wins. And, and this is just a great example of how you can leverage a text messaging platform to set up your business model that way in order to just, you know, give them exactly what they want, cut all the friction. I mean, we've talked about this before on the show in the, in the sense of, um, you know, don't let set up hoops for people to jump through to give you money, right? I mean, it sounds simple enough, but when we look under the hood at most businesses, there's all kinds of hoops that they've set up for you to jump through in order to give them money. And it makes no sense, right? Remove the friction and you're going to get more sales. You're going to get more opt-ins. You're going to get more conversions. So that was a little bit of a rabbit hole there into an example of how you can use a text messaging platform. But the, but so, so uh, bring me back to my main point there was that it's a bottom of the funnel conversion tool. And it's also something that you have to, when you think about how am I going to uh, do my messaging, is it has to be short bursts. It has to be, again, things that don't take a lot of time to explain. I don't have to have a lot of consideration. Uh, you know, I, you can't send people a novel when you're sending out text, right? It's not how the text messaging platform works. Uh, but in, you also have to, uh, you know, think about that they're going to read every single one of these things. Again, it's a 98% open rate. So choose your words very, very carefully only use the words that you have to use in order to get your point across and, and to, and to give the consumer, you know, what the end goal is that they're getting and don't put a lot of fluff into your text messaging campaigns. You know, that stuff you save for your, your videos and your newsletters and, you know, your YouTube channel and all that stuff where you can go do deep dives and do long format content. Like we're doing here, you know, a live show, uh, it's completely opposite kind of messaging that you would do in a text messaging platform. So um, I'll, I'll let Miles jump in here, but those are my two big things that you got to consider is it's, it's a bottom of the, of the conversion funnel uh, type of a tactic. And you have to be, your messaging has to be really short and really precise. Yeah. So Jeff, um, I guess I'll bounce back here. Original question is just anything to share on text marketing or text message marketing. Yes, we did talk about this a couple of weeks, 
uh, weeks ago. If you want to go to our live stream archives, I believe it's the show from the 10th, March 10th, that we talked about this. Uh, we're talking about more direct message marketing type of campaigns. So text message marketing, direct messaging on Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing. Email marketing kind of falls into this. Uh, where you are having a little bit more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And we went into a little bit more depth on the 10th about um, just the effectiveness of something like that, where, you know, what we're doing right now, we're just live streaming out to anything, anyone and everyone that wants to listen to this. It's not really to a specific individual. Or if we make another post on, on let's say, Facebook, you know, that's to the entire audience. But if you can in uh, directly communicate with someone via text message, for example, and have that sort of one-on-one -on -one style communication, then it's going to be much more likely that they're going to be invested in that conversation. I want to throw in another stat that kind of goes along with your incredibly high opening rate. Um, that is that people are also more likely to unsubscribe from text message marketing than email marketing. Yeah. So along with your point there, uh, you got to be concise. You got to put out as much value in as few characters as possible because people are not looking to read a novel text. They're not looking for a long form uh, conversation. And keep in mind your audience for these things. So you can use email marketing in one way and text message marketing in another way. Text message marketing is going to be for your highly engaged audience. This is your cream of the crop, uh, people that are just in love with your brand and want to engage with you in a very direct and very personal way. You know, when you get a text, you're expecting it to be from a friend or a family member, not necessarily a, a sales pitch or something from a brand. Um, so if I am engaging with you via text, then it should kind of feel personal. and I should be at least somewhat invested in your business and your brand. Uh, so keep in mind how how you have to communicate with these different audience segments um, across these different mediums. If you're doing it appropriately um, and you're leveraging that technology or that platform correctly, then you can see amazing results utilizing these tools. If you use it wrong, you're going to see people run away from your campaign faster than ever. So I just want to throw that that word of caution in there is, you know, know your audience. And more yeah. than that, know your audience and your platform and how you're communicating with that audience, because the same person is going to expect a different type of communication depending on how they're talking to you. That's a great point, Miles. Yeah, I think I think the most important word you said right there was was personalize. You know, you really have to personalize this uh, uh, this messaging on the text message platform. And, and the other word I, I would throw in there is fragile, I think, you know, maybe fragile can be delicate. You know, this, is a, this is a very delicate or fragile sensitive maybe uh, is, is another word, you know, platform. So, you know, like you talked about, you know, the, uh, the unsubscribe rate is sky high. People, for whatever reason, they feel like, you know, if they send somebody a text, it's a very personal thing. It's kind of like an inner sanctum almost. And so you have to really treat that with a lot of respect. Whereas, you know, we all have, you know, probably like me have a, have a, uh, an email account that we give out to, you know, whenever we have to give out our public information. And that's where all the spamming emails go, you know, and when I open up that email, I know that it's going to be 80, 90% uh, spam stuff and, and not, not any kind of value based content. When I open up my text messages, it's, I'm used to seeing messages from close friends and family and business, you know, associates and clients and things like that. And so it's a whole other psychology that we have to engage in uh, compared to, you know, especially compared to like a social platform or things like that, where we see things from all different directions and we're more desynthesized or de, 
uh, synthesized, I think is the right word I'm looking for, uh, to, to those platforms compared to the sensitivity that comes when we're reading a text message. So really, really something to, to take um, into consideration there, Miles. Great point. Yeah, and a little bit more on the, uh, the practical side of things. You said anything to share on text marketing. Um, there are a lot of tools out there that allow you to do text message marketing more effectively. It's not just, you know, you have a list of phone numbers and you're sitting there personally, individually texting 10,000 people and it takes you all day. There's a lot of tools out there. Uh, we're currently kind of going through and vetting some of those options and trying to figure out uh, the best way to make something like that happen. We do have a basic text message marketing system built into the Wildman Business Center that all of our clients have access to. It's technically still in beta, but Jeff, if you want to test it out, you are more than welcome to be my guinea pig here. Um, and that does allow you to communicate directly within our platform to your customers with whom you have a cell phone text or a phone number. Yeah, that's a great point, Miles. Yeah, we are starting to uh, to roll out uh, a text messaging platform that we think is is going to be appropriate for our our customers, excuse me, our clients, for their customers, um, and just you know, really really excited to see how people are going to utilize that and leverage that for bottom of the funnel conversions. Uh, and I would just you know to put the button on this conversation. I would really think of it as the top tool for transactional uh, type of marketing right now. You know, where you're going to give somebody and they're going to get you know, and vice versa. Uh, and so that's how you get somebody to opt in to your text platform is you give something away. And then make sure that when you text them, you are giving them something of value and something that they, you know, feel really comfortable uh, opting in for. Yeah, it kind of ties into this follow-up question we got from Chelsea. Hello, Chelsea. Um, can you share a link in a text message ad that links to the product? Mm -hmm. so direct e-commerce in a text message marketing campaign? The answer is yes. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. If you have um, an online store or somewhere where they can buy online, then you can just share a link directly in a text message, just like you would if you were sending something to a friend. Um, or there are actually more complicated ways, like Mike, mine, uh, Mike was talking about with his wine service there, um, where you know you are sharing information or more conversationally buying something from someone via a, a, a more complicated, more robust text message marketing platform. So again, find a tool that works for you. There are several out there. If you're looking at doing that and you're not a client of ours, then just do a little bit of research. They all have slightly different pricing structures and pros and cons, uh, but those are pretty readily available for you. So just do a little bit of looking before uh, signing on with anything. Yeah, good question. And, you know, I'll just I'll throw one last thing in there and then maybe we can, we can put this question to bed. But uh, there's also an interesting uh, text messaging platform out there called uh, Community. And it's a text messaging platform app that is meant to be used actually more as a long form and less as a as, as a kind of a short transactional platform. And so that's a really interesting one um, that I've seen some people with audiences use, you know, people that have uh, large followings on social media or they're authors or they you know, have podcasts or all of the above. And they're using that as a way to get people to opt in on a deeper level, again, because it's, it's that really personalized message that you're getting from somebody. And, and they're using that just to provide value and to connect with people on a deeper level and not really using it to sell much at all. Uh, and so that's been an interesting, I would say, newer uh, uh, avenue that I've seen uh, not not a lot of people, but some people use texting platforms for, and I'm really interested to see how that that progresses as well. 
But this all kind of comes back to just that idea of directly communicating with someone rather than having this one-to-many kind of communication, just blasting out something, a wide net and seeing what it catches. It, it at least feels like you're talking to someone on a one-to-one, um, in a one-to-one kind of way. Uh, and that, that personal communication and the ability to personalize, you were talking a lot last week when we were going over um, utilizing AI and different systems um, and, and different kind of big data algorithms. Um, the ability that we have to leverage these technologies to have more personalized communications directly to our audience um, is incredibly powerful. And I'm, I'm excited. I know we both are excited to see where this all goes. Um, but a lot of it, I think, is veering towards that very personalized one-on-one -on -one style communication uh, that a lot of these platforms are kind of steering towards. Because ultimately, I mean, I know we're all kind of annoyed by ads when they pop up and in, uh, in interrupt our YouTube video or whatever it is you're doing, but the best ads are the ones that you want to see. Mm -hmm. You want to be uh, marketed to by these companies. You're actually interested in this product, in this service. You want to hear more. Uh, you want to be sold this thing. Um, and so I think as, as marketers and as business owners out there, anything that we can do to personalize our message, to ensure that we're talking to the right people that are really actually truly interested and invested in our company and putting that out there in the right way in the right time so that people can digest it and they actually they want to see your marketing, they want to see your message. Um, I think that's a win, 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 win for everyone involved. Definitely. And that, that's why content marketing is so so important and you know, why it's becoming so effective and, and really replacing uh, traditional marketing in, in a lot of ways, traditional advertising, I should say. But yeah. All right. Well, I think we've hit that pretty well. Text message marketing. Um, do we have any other questions, guys? If you want to throw your questions in the comments below or, you know, if you have any experience dealing with the stuff we're talking about, you know, this doesn't have to be a, a one way street here. So feel free to uh, just throw in your resources, your experiences. Um, and, and we'll bring those up on screen. All right, we got a couple of questions that came in last week. This is actually one of the reasons I just showed you guys the blog and a couple of articles that I put up there. Um, we had our um, story time with Mike towards the end of uh, last week's show going over uh, a, a particular story, um, a cautionary tale of how not to deal with uh, your business's domain. So I actually wrote a whole article on there. We posted an article with just that video if you want to catch that. And then another article on domains for business because a lot of people were kind of confused. I had a couple of conversations with people over the course of the week that didn't necessarily know the difference between a domain and hosting. Uh, where that delineation was, um, you know, where emails fit into that mix, domain emails, um, and what they need to be looking for for a domain. So if you want to go to our website, check out this new article, Domains for Business, Where to Start. That's the title. I'll go ahead and post it in the comments here. Um, but it can be a really good way to start things. I'm just going to summarize everything real quick. And then if you guys have any follow-up questions on business domains, how to get them, how to manage them, please throw those in the comments here. So just to start off with what a domain is, this is the address for your website. Um, if you imagine your website as a, as a house, inside that house is all of your content and everything that you've done on your, on your website. The address of that house is just how I find it. Um, so I need to be able to communicate to other people in some way, some way that they can understand and they can navigably um, address is uh, that's the domain. 
You can think of the internet as a series of interconnected computers, computers all over the world connected through a crazy series of cables that run the entire length of the planet. Each one of those computers has a ID, a number. This is your IP address. Um, websites are no different. They have a specific number and an identification that allows people to navigate and use tools called browsers, so like Chrome, Internet uh, Explorer, Firefox, Safari, whatever you want. You use browsers, and these are the tools that allow you to put in an address, and then they know how to navigate the Internet and go and find that address and display that site to you. But instead of remembering a series of crazy numbers in an IP address assigned to a website, we decided to use domains. This is a text-based mask of that ID. You're still technically putting in that ID, that's the actual address of the website, but it's being masked by a series of characters that are easier to remember. Ours is wildmanweb.com. Um, so you just have to go to a registrar. This is a company that tells all of the other computers, the entire internet, hey, this is the address associated with this location. Uh, Wildman Web Solutions is located at wildmanweb.com. That is their domain. That is their address. So you go to one of those registrars. You can use GoDaddy. You can use Namecheap. There's a bunch of them out there. I like to use Google Domains. So go to domains.google.com uh, just because um, you know we're a Google partner. Um, it works really well with other Google products. Uh, it comes with a free SSL and other benefits there. It's easy to share management, so you don't have to actually give access of your domain over to anyone to put your website up. But yeah, you can use whatever you want. They're relatively cheap, unless you need something very, very specific. Like you know, Mike's example last time, I think it was like food.com or something that's just so generic that everyone would want it. That could be a little expensive. But if it's just the name of your company, wildmanweb.com, it's like 12 bucks a year, super easy. That goes into, I have a whole list here in this article of how to actually pick a domain. So these are a couple of questions that I got from people asking about domains and answers to those. So starting off with, file extensions. You'll see some that are .coms, .nets, .orgs. You can get one that's .ninja. There's just some ridiculous ones out there. My answer to that is stick with .com unless you have a very specific reason to use another um, file extension. .com is the most common. If someone doesn't quite remember your website, they're going to guess it's .com. Um, if they remembered our website was Wild My Web, but they weren't entirely sure, they're probably just going to put in .com. It just rolls off the tongue of most people uh, just because it is the most common there. So go with .com. If you need something else for some other reason, you have a good reason to use another extension, but the .com is available, I'd say get the .com and then also get that other extension so that if anyone guesses .com, they don't remember quite right and they just enter it in, they're still going to land on your website. .orgs are technically reserved for nonprofits, so you might want to go in that direction. Um, .edu is for schools. Um, .net doesn't really have a, a, a particular purpose, so unless you have a really good reason, just go with .com. In general, when you're trying to figure out the name of your, um, of your website, when you're trying to pick your domain, the shorter the better. Pick something that is short. It's easier to remember. It's easier to share. You just are going to save time typing it. The number of times that you type this to share it, it'll actually save you some time in your life. Um, but mostly, it's just easier to remember. Again, if you have a longer business name, like our business name is technically Wildman Web Solutions, but our website is wildmanweb.com. We also went out and bought wildmanwebsolutions.com. So we have the entire thing, and no one else can get it. That reserves it for our business. And we have it all directing to wildmanweb.com. 
it's just a little bit easier to say, a little bit shorter, easier to remember. Uh, but we went ahead and got both because, like I said, you know, domains are a dollar a month, maybe. So we might as well get a couple. Um, with that being said, pick one that is easy to spell and pronounce. So you're going to be verbally sharing this with people. You need to be able to say it. People are going to be able to, they, they are going to read it and then want to tell it to other people. So pick one that is easy to say, easy to pronounce, easy to spell. If you are uh, making your own personal website and you have a crazy hard to spell name, then maybe don't use your own name for your domain. If someone's going to misspell it, if your name has multiple spellings, you have to be careful of that. Um, along with this tip, avoid numbers and hyphens and things like that, where you have to say, you know, wildman-web.com, you know, are you actually spelling out dash or is it a hyphen? This avoids the four versus four versus four debate. Is it F-O-U-R? Is it the number four? Is it F-O-R? You get the, the problem there. So avoid numbers, avoid hyphens, avoid words with multiple spellings or that are really difficult to spell. If I tell it to you, you should be able to get the exact spelling of this entire domain on your first guess. This one is a little bit fun, but just read through your domain and show it to other people as a single word. There's no spaces in domains, which allows you to put the break in between words in multiple places. The example I put in this um, article is a website for American scrap metal. If you put that all together, then you don't really know where that S is supposed to go. And so it could be read as Americans scrap metal or America Americans crap metal. <laughs> There's a bunch of excuse or a bunch of uh, examples out there that I um, are, are not over the air appropriate things that people have accidentally named their websites, not realizing that it could be read a different way. So um, look at it all as one word, show it to a couple of other people, see what they see. And if they are reading the same thing that you're reading here um, is that can lead to some potentially funny, but bad branding mistakes for different businesses and organizations out there. And then finally, final point here, this is going back to our cautionary tale that actually links over to that video, is buy your own domain name. If you're working with a developer, designer, an agency, do not let them buy your domain for you. Don't let them buy it in your name, on your behalf, anything like that. They can advise you on it, they can help you out with that. We often help our clients getting domains for the first time. Um, but ultimately, make sure that it is you that pulls the trigger, you who buys it, because then you're the one who owns it. Your website or your domain is the single access point to your website. It's all over your branding. It's on your billboards. It's on your business cards. It's everywhere. And all of a sudden you're handing that address over to someone else. That means that they have unbelievable leverage over you. We've seen those, you know, Best case scenario, it's complicated if you ever want to leave that company because you have to transfer ownership and that's just not a fun process to go through. Worst case scenario, we've seen it end up in thousands of dollars spent, lawsuits, um, or even people just not having access to their domain anymore. They have to switch and then switch everything on all of their branding. It's a giant hassle. So just make sure that you buy your own domain. It's not that complicated. You can figure it out. Um, and it's just gonna save you such a headache later.
So again, I'm going to post this article in the comments here just because we did get a bunch of questions after that story time last week. Uh, wanted to go ahead and put it in written form for you. If you have any other questions regarding business domains or domains for your company, uh, please email us, askwildman at wildoweb.com, and we'll address them as soon as we can. All right. While I'm posting this to the comments, Mike, say something fun. Okay. Well, I have another fun story, Miles. <laughs> regarding All websites right. so maybe we could talk about this i wasn't planning on talking about this but uh i had a I had a talk with somebody yesterday i was i was doing some prospecting doing some cold calling and i was actually prospecting a category that i i would say i'm in the middle of the funnel on like i i'm in consideration i know i have a problem i know they have a possible solution and now i'm considering you know who I'm going to do that with, when, and, and all that stuff. Um, and by the way, maybe just a, a separate side story. Uh, you know, there, there's really three types of buyers. And I think this is important for, for us to understand before we actually try to market to those people. So before somebody, you know, has a sale or buys something, uh, they're basically in, in three different stages. They either, they're either completely oblivious, right? They have no idea that they have a problem and they have no idea what the solutions to that problem are. Uh, they're somewhat aware. They know, Hey, I have a problem. I don't know how to solve that problem. Or they are pretty much aware. They know they have a problem. They know what the solutions are to that problem. And they're just in the, in the consideration stage or that kind of bottom of the middle of the funnel, so to speak, before we get to the bottom of the funnel stage where we're going to take action and they're trying to decide, which of these service providers or product providers I'm going to go with in order to solve my problem. Uh, so, so, so interesting enough, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm in the kind of the consideration phase, I'm prospecting this category. I come across a company that I know because I had a family member uh, actually uh, use their service. I'm not going to give away who it is here, but, uh, and, and they said they did a good job. And I was like, Oh, and then I noticed that we don't have a website and I'm like, wait, this has got to be a mistake, right? This has got to be like the listings are off. They just didn't get, you know, didn't have their Google, my business set up or whatever. But I do a little bit more digging. And I'm like, no, they actually do not have a website. It's 2021. These people do not have a website. So I'm like, man, they really, they really need me. I'm going to do them a favor. I'm going to give them a call. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I call them up. And I said, you know, is there any particular reason that you don't have a website? We don't need one. And then at this point, I made a little bit of joke. I probably shouldn't have made a joke. <laughs> Why do I let you out? I don't know. And I said, well, they're not Quakers, are they? And I said, what? I said, well, you know, they don't have like some religious belief that, you know, they're against like technology or the Internet or anything like that. Right. No. Okay. Well, then I explained to them, hey, I was like, well, you know, my part owner in the company and what, you know, one of the things we do is we build websites. Can I talk to the person who, you know, in charge of that, the office manager? Well, this is, this is the office manager you're talking to. <laughs> Great. Um, and uh, she said, well, we don't need a website because our calendar is currently full. And, you know, if you know me at this point, I'm, I'm out. I'm just like, I'm not, you know, as I've said before on the show, I'm not in the business of convincing people. And I'm certainly not in the business of convincing people that they need a website in 2021. If they do not think they need a website in 2021, I got 
lots of other things to do with my day. Um, but it was really interesting, you know, just seeing somebody in that mindset, in that state of mind, because first of all, if you're, if you're that busy that you're totally booked, why are you answering the phone? You know, <laughs> that would be, that would be my, my first, uh, you know, question. Second question is, you know, just this whole mindset of being too busy and not being able to see the forest from the trees that will, why don't we hire more people? Why don't we, why aren't we looking into bigger space? You know, why aren't we looking at growing and scaling if there's really that kind of demand for our products and services? Uh, and the interesting thing, Miles, is there's a competitor in this space, literally like almost right next door to them, <laughs> who is going very aggressive on, on social media and their online presence and in their marketing. So I think it's gonna be really interesting over the next five to 10 years to see where the market's uh, share goes uh, and if any other competitors come into the space. If anybody's looking for a business opportunity, I have a good idea. Um, and, uh, it, but, but the other thing too is just, okay, let's pretend for a minute that I'm at full capacity. I've hired as many people as I possibly can. And I, you know, I, I can't find a bigger facility in order to, to move into, okay? Hey, great problem to have, but I still don't see the point not having a website. And it made me just think about uh, something that we've talked about before, maybe not at this at extreme case, but we've talked about before how there's a, a, a large knowledge gap in how the typical business owner views their website compared to how the typical consumer views a business's website that there's a lot of businesses out there who their website is kind of an afterthought. And they kind of think that, oh, it's not really the thing that represents me. It's not really the thing that is my brand. And on the consumer side of things, it's completely the opposite. That in this day and age, your website really is one of the biggest pieces of property that your brand owns. I mean, to me, it's much more important than what kind of sign you have hanging in the parking lot. Because if I'm going to, because nine times out of 10, I'm going to go to your, your website before I'm going to go to your parking lot. And in this particular category that I'm talking about, it's a category that has a lot of trust involved for the end consumer. And so if I'm not able to go online and to verify who you are, what you do, and what others say about you and feel about you, that is a huge red flag. And, you know, that company is never going to be able to, to quantify, you know, what all the massive amount of business that they're losing out of. And if they really are at full scale and they can't take another appointment, you know, the amount the tremendous amount of upside of how to scale their company that, you're, that they're losing out of, out of. And, you know, I, again, that's an extreme case. I think I would have to search weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to find another company that would you know, probably have that outlook. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's not, it, I think it's maybe, you know, maybe the, um, uh, in the majority of the businesses out there who aren't taking their website and their online presence seriously enough. You know, and this company, you know, had no social media presence uh, to speak of. They had very few online reviews. And it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. And so, Miles, you know, maybe that's something that you can speak to just about the importance that, of what consumers feel when they look at a business's website and what that is in terms of a, an evaluator for who we're gonna do business with in this day and age. Yeah, well, you said something pretty interesting there. Well, there's there was a lot that I want to say on that, but um, one thing is just, you talked about trust. 
often on this show, we talk about some little things that you can do. These are the, the, the biggest bang for your buck. It's not, not complicated. It's quick, easy, and it can do a lot of damage real quick. Um, I think the last thing we were talking about is our, our listing tools or different listing tools out there that can help you to distribute your information across the internet accurately and effectively. It's, it's really easy to do. It doesn't cost very much, and it will multiply the number of data points about your business online by 3,000 or something crazy like that. It's like you might as well do it. Why, why not? When it comes to a website, it doesn't take much to create an air of authority, of reputability. If you know a business like this, they're already booked, they've got their sales funnel pretty down offline or whatever their, their system is, but people are looking them up and they can't find a website or even if they find a, a bad website that hasn't been updated since the internet was invented, um, then that immediately casts doubt on them, especially in younger generations. And I'm not talking about, you know, the kids coming up now, I'm talking, you know, 30s. If they find a bad website there, if they find that you don't have a website, that immediately makes them think that you are less legitimate, you're less authoritative, you're less trustworthy, and you don't have to do much in order to not encounter that negative perception. If you have something up, it doesn't have to be crazy complicated, it doesn't have to be huge, you don't have to have a 10,000 page blog on there or anything, but if you just have a nice, clean, well-designed one pager that says who you are, what you do, where to find you and how to interact with you. Basically what I refer to as an online business card, then you're going to avoid that entire problem and maybe even get more business because a website is a powerful marketing piece and done properly. It's relatively passive. If you put something up there and you just kind of keep it alive and healthy, you don't have to put a lot of work into doing that. Then, it's going to make sales for you. It's going to convince people for you that you are authoritative and trustworthy. Mike references this all the time, that you have to get someone to like, know, and trust you in order to do business with you. And that's more important in some industries than others, but is very ever present in you know, pretty much everything. Um, generally speaking, I need to like, know, and trust you before I do business with you. And having a website up there that at least gives you that air of credibility is a key step to, to getting there. If you don't have something like that, then pretty much everyone below 45 immediately thinks that you are less trustworthy than they did prior to searching for you. And yeah, in I'd say a majority of businesses right now, I don't know what the percentage points would be, but I'd say a vast majority of businesses right now, I think this was probably the case pre-pandemic, but certainly post-pandemic, people in a, um, are, are engaging with your business first online more and more and more. They're not just driving by and engaging with you in person. They're not just stopping by and walking into your office. They're looking you up first. Yep. They're looking for your website. They're looking for your reviews. They're looking to see where you are. Maybe they are actually coming to visit you, but they need to find where the hell you are. <laughs> right, right. Having this online presence <laughs> is just, it's a no brainer. A lot of this stuff is really quick, really easy for any business to do out there. It doesn't cost a whole lot. And honestly, you can't afford to not do it in 2021. Yeah. 100% miles. I mean I can't I can't tell you how much as a as a consumer like like I said there was you know actively wanting to you know and and probably will make purchases in this category how much that turned me off even before I talked to them that I was now able to find you know very little reviews, no website, you know very no social media really to speak of. I mean I, even though I knew somebody who had done business with this 
company and said that they'd done a good job, I was completely just like, whoa, this is red flag central. What the heck's going on here? Uh, all their competitors are looking much better all of a sudden. And, uh, and yeah, you made me think, uh, just uh, got to give credit where credit's due, that no like and trust comes from Zig Ziglar. And uh, it made me think of, of Les Brown, the great Les Brown. Uh, got to be hungry. But uh, Les Brown said a great quote from him. He says, you know, the, when you open your mouth, the world will know who you are. You know, and, and I think that that, you know, it's obviously a, a quote about, you know, us as individuals, but I think it pertains to businesses as well is that, you know, that that first kind of marketing message that they hear, whether it's on social media or, or, or through a traditional advertisement or something like that, you know, that's what's going to be the most important thing to draw them in. The second most important thing of, of how they're going to find out, though, who you really are as a business and as a brand is going to be your online presence and your website. And it's just as important as anything that would come out of your mouth when you're speaking to a uh, to a potential customer. Yeah, maybe we should hit on a couple of reasons why someone might be in that position here in the last you know ten minutes or so. So I can see a couple of reasons for someone thinking, you know, what, hey, I don't need a website. You know, these guys were thinking, you know, it, we're we were already booked. Um, our business is going well. We've got everything else figured out over here. We don't need to be over here. You know, some of it might be just that you know some people they probably just look at this and it's it looks overwhelming managing multiple social media accounts producing content regularly and putting it out there having a quality website when you don't know how to do web work yourself um you know it just looks daunting it looks like you have to do it all at once so i'll just let you know you don't have to do it all at once you can take this in small bite-sized pieces and any effort you put in this direction is going to be well spent um it doesn't have to be big, crazy, complicated. Like I said, if you just have a basic website up there that looks good, looks clean, um, that's going to do, do you wonders. Um, if you have a basic Google listing, that's going to do great. Pick a social media platform that you're comfortable with. You don't have to be ever present on every platform out there. Pick one or two that you use in your personal life you already know how to interact with and start an account there. And then, you know, actually, like Mike, Mike has said a couple of times, if you don't know how to produce content, just start documenting. What are you doing every day that you're doing anyway? You're already doing that thing. Pull out your phone, record a minute of it, and post it with a little blurb about, you know, what, what people are seeing. That's all you have to do. And then all of a sudden, you have an online presence. You have a website that looks reputable, authoritative, and like I might be actually be able to trust you. You have a social media presence that says, hey, I'm legit. Here's what I do. Here's me actually working on something. And I post, you know, once a week. You know, if something is regular, showing that I'm still active, um, open, and doing stuff. And here's my Google listing so that you can actually find me. You can find my phone number. You can give me a call and you can do business with me. Just those couple little things, establishing a basic online presence. It's not as hard as you think. And like I said, you can't afford not to do these things. Every single one of those moves is going to pay for itself in the long run. And that leads to the next point here, I think, is just that a lot of these things don't have immediate results. You know, you post a yeah. new website, you're not going to immediately start seeing 100 leads a day coming in on your brand new website that you spent two hours on. Even if you, you know, are you working with us? You're working with a professional agency. They work for weeks developing and designing a beautiful custom website we put it up there 
and you don't get a call the very next day. That's not how these things work. A lot of these things from your listings to search engine optimization, to a new website, to social media, takes a while to build up momentum and to start to see those results. So I think there's, there's probably at least uh, some percentage of people out there that don't have this online presence for their business that just haven't done it because they're not seeing those effects switching on immediately and therefore they don't see that they're they're getting those returns mike what yeah. do you think i think those are those are probably the two big factors here yeah i, I agree with you miles I, I think you know it, it it's the classic trap that we've been discussing uh over and over again in various forms on the show for months and months and months and that is you know businesses fall into this trap of relying on what worked in the past and assuming that everything's going to stay the same and it'll keep working in the future. You know, we've talked about Kodak and we've, uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, Macy's and, you know, all the big retailers and we've talked about Sears and, you know, and the story, it, it, it just happens again and again and again. And it doesn't matter how big you are, how smart you are, you know, they, they all get comfortable. Actually, it's the ones who get probably the biggest and the fattest and the happiest that are most susceptible to this. Uh, and they don't understand that they're not playing the same game that they once were. And so you can't run the same plays and expect to keep winning. It's a totally different game now, different rules. Uh, and, and so, you, you know, uh, you know, just like uh, John Kiefer, may you rest in peace, used to say, you know, you, the secret to being successful in business is to look through the windshield and not the rear view. And you've got to keep seeing what is coming in front of you and being one, two, three, four, five steps ahead of it. I mean, it, it just blows my mind that, you know, somebody could be stuck in, uh, in that perspective, uh, you know, given that everything that, that's happening around us. But it's because, because they are successful right now and they do have their appointment book sheet, right? It's like if, if, if they were sitting around there twiddling their thumbs, they'd be going, well, what's wrong? Right. And so and that's the most dangerous position in my mind to be in is when you have no clue what's happening around you because you're stuck inside the bottle. You know, as we talk about all the time, the small uh, business person's disease that I'm stuck inside this bottle I'm, and the smaller businesses. You know, this happens to almost all of them. I get so concerned with operating my day to day operations that I don't see what's happening on the outside. And I can't read the bottle and I can't read the label. Right. And we talked about this the other day, Miles, how so many small business owners, their Achilles heel is that they're great at what they do. Like they're great at providing this product or service, but they're really, really bad at actually being business owners and business developers and people that are able to scale and grow a business through marketing and sales. Now, that leads to job security for us, but it, it also makes our, hard, our, our job a lot harder in a lot of cases. Um, so it's a double-edged sword there. And that's one of the things that we try to do, you know, through this show and everything that we do is try to empower, especially the smallest uh, businesses, uh, in order to take control of more of that. And so they can see uh, through the windshield and they can see the steps that they need to take before it's too late in order to keep their business on the right track and to keep it growing and scale it even farther uh, and not, and not miss those opportunities that are out in front of them. So yeah, Miles, I, I it just, you know, if I had a nickel for every time we'd see this, uh, I think we would have retired a long time ago, but it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a trap that's easy to fall into. 
and uh, and you know, and, and just like like I said, we got to keep uh, we got to keep growing. You know, we talked about last week. We got to keep developing ourselves. We got to keep uh, pushing ourselves to find out you know what's coming next and how we can adapt to it. I just we just released a, a newsletter maybe about twenty minutes ago. You know, talking about voice search and uh, you know how that's just a whole you know technological revolution that is going to completely throw off the way it already is the way people. Uh, search and buy products and services. And I think that 90 plus percent of the small businesses out there are vulnerable to this. They're already losing business from it. And, you know, I can't imagine having a discussion with somebody who doesn't understand that they first need to have a website, you know, about something like voice search. You know, it's just like you're, you're going to get so behind the curve that it's, I don't want to say hopeless, but it's going to be, um, you know, a little bit of a nightmare, you know, uh, because as we talked about so many times on the on the show, this is just the beginning. You think you think think things changed a lot in the last five or ten years? Buckle up, <laughs> buckle up, you know, because the next five or ten years are going to make the last ten years, you know, look like a cakewalk. I mean, things are coming hard and fast down the pipe, and uh, we've got to be able to bob and weave, you know, and zig and zag. Uh, if we're going to keep growing our businesses and, and playing the game the way it should be played. So, you know, my heart goes out to those people. I wish I could, you know, spend my whole day going and, and talking to them and, uh, uh, and preaching the gospel to them. But, you know, you, you, sometimes you gotta, you gotta preach to the people who, uh, who came to your congregation. And so that's what we're doing here on the show, Miles. But, uh, that just leads me into next week. We're doing full blown show on voice technology mm-hmm. We're going to give you guys the full rundown and everything you need to know uh, about how to implement voice uh, in your small business to make yourself better and keep growing. Well, that is a nice teaser here to tag everything at the end. I just want to throw one extra bit onto that that beautiful answer that you just gave. I think you know we're 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 not in the business of convincing people, like you said, but probably the most convincing point in here. Um, I was actually talking with someone about SEO, but this uh, applies to everything here, and that is, if you're not keeping up with this stuff. If you aren't, even while you're ahead, pushing forward into what's happening now, what's happening next year, what's happening in the next five years, know that your competition is. Right. And so for every <laughs> foot, every mile that you, have them on, that you have on them right now, know that they're gaining fast. And it's up to you to stay ahead. So, um, but that's why we're here, here to answer those questions and hopefully to inform some people out there as to uh, what they need to be looking at. Uh, Like you said, next week, let's focus on voice. If you guys have any questions on voice enabling, uh, voice assistance, voice searches, uh, anything like that, please email us, askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we will get to those next week. We're gonna be back here live to our Facebook page, YouTube channel and Twitch account next Wednesday at 11. All right, with that, I think we're going to wrap up. We've got a noon meeting to run to here. So, uh, Mike, I will see you later this afternoon, and you guys will see him next week. Yep, great questions. Appreciate everybody uh, listening, watching, and, yeah, have a great, prosperous week. See you next time. All right, see you, Mike. All right, with that, that is the end of March 24th. Ask Wildman will be back next Wednesday, I believe. Oh, that's not quite april all right last day of march we'll be back march 31st 11 o'clock talking about voice so we will see you then thanks everyone 
Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>